Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Two Way Podcast. We are here with Eduardo to go over these conference final series, what's happened, um, how these teams got here, and um, what we ultimately think their destiny is for the rest of the playoffs and the rest of the series. Um, and then towards the end, we'll do some NBA drafts and, and lottery stuff because the lottery was um, earlier this week. And so let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> first off, we'll start with last night's game. Uh, the Suns defeated the Clippers in really a slugfest. Uh, not many teams, you know, could make many shots. There were only, I think, nine three-pointers made in the entire game, which is just, I mean, teams make, like, te- it's an embarrassment if you don't make nine per game as a team. Uh, so they only combined for nine. Uh, everyone shot poorly from the field, but the Suns were able to get it done, uh, mostly on the back of DeAndre Ayton, who I thought was really impressive put up a 19 and 22 um and he's really just established himself as a great player in these playoffs what did you see from this game um the first couple games of the series as well and what do you think is the ultimate outcome so for this series um like you said last game was really not that good to watch it was kind of boring especially towards the end um and you know super low scoring too um but you know i feel like these two teams are pretty well matched uh, skill-wise. Obviously, the Suns, you know, have been good, good all year. Um, but right now, the Clippers without Kawhi, I mean, I feel like the Suns are going to take it. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't think Paul George can do it by himself. Um, and, yeah, you have role players that are actually playing pretty well. But, you know, most of the team really isn't. And it's not enough um, to go against the Suns, which, you know, have Chris Paul back, and like you said, DeAndre Ayton's balling out, so is D-Book. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think they're going to take it, um, but I still feel like uh, the Clippers can put up a fight, um, and it's going to be an interesting series because I feel like these two teams are probably the two best teams left um, in the playoffs right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, but overall, I think in the end, the Suns are probably going to take it. Um I mean, maybe Paul George just comes out and balls out and, you know, gets a game in. But, you know, without Kawhi, I don't think the Clippers really have any chance uh, against a really good uh, Suns team, um, which I, I'm actually pretty impressed by them. Um, uh, just to be beating the Clippers, even if it is without Kawhi, uh, I didn't think they were going to go that far um but i feel like they are going to go to the finals and you know maybe even win uh which will be really cool especially because they have a lot of a lot of young players and a lot of players like devin booker who really need to prove themselves and i feel like they already have with the championship that's i mean i think we're going to look at them uh really differently um so yeah a great run for the suns and i think they're going to go further yeah um i also think the suns are going to pull this one out um, I think they're going to close it out in one of these next, probably one of these next two games, maybe game five also. Um, it looks like Kawhi's not coming back. There's, I guess, a long shot chance if, if you know, they make it back to Los Angeles for game six that he can make it back, but it's it's really doubtful at this point. Um, I've been really, like I said earlier, I've been really impressed with DeAndre Aiden. He's really um, just proved himself, and honestly, like, because, he, you know, he was a guy coming out, hasn't it was the number one pick in the draft great prospect overall hasn't really flashed just been like uh just a solid player 
Um, wasn't looked at as a bust, but really not covered that much. And I think he's gotten the shine that he's deserved. I think Chris Paul's brought a lot out of him. Um, and he's done a great job in all three of these series that they've had. Um, and he's just keeps improving, getting better and better. And like he's not even uh, complete offensively yet. So I'm excited to see like what he yeah. can be and what he's done for this team so far. Yeah, and he also said that a lot of that really goes to Chris Paul. Um, and I feel like that really... You know, because before the season, a lot of people were saying, you know, Chris Paul is washed. And even if he isn't performing at that top tier, which I think he is, um, you know, just having him as a mentor really can change uh, how you play. And I feel like DeAndre Aiden definitely uh, benefited from all of that. So, yeah, I love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, the Clippers, you know, I really like the fight that they showed. I actually, you know, I was kind of crapping on Ty Lue early in that Maverick series um, and also early in the Utah series. But I honestly think he's been great on the, in these playoffs as, you know, he hasn't started the series great. That's why they've gone down 0-2 in every series. But his adjustments um, have been really key to them being in this position right now, especially without Kawhi Leonard. You know, they've th- every single game's been close that they've lost, um, you know. And I think... They, you know, I could see them winning Game Five, especially because Chris Paul doesn't look, you know, completely normal. He's still getting back to playing uh, in the lineup after being out for two games. Um, but I ultimately think the Suns are going to win the series, and I'm excited to see um, what they could do in the finals because, you know, these these young guys are getting better because they're getting used to p- playing in the playoffs, um, and it's really helping them throughout this entire uh, series. So. That's it for the Western Conference. Um, let's go to the East. There's a game today. Um, Atlanta pulls out game one uh, coming down. They were down seven with under four minutes left. Um, ended up coming back, winning the game. Um, Trey Young was unbelievable. Then comes game two, and Milwaukee stomps on Atlanta. I think I, I kind of saw that coming. Um, they could not go down 0-2 after, you know, both, with both games at home. Um, and I think, you know, today's game is in Atlanta. Um, I ultimately think Milwaukee is going to pull this series out in six games, but I would not be shocked if Atlanta wins because I've been really impressed by Trey Young, especially and their whole team in general. What do you think about this one? Yes, for this one, like you said, um, last game was just, I mean, it was hard to watch. Uh, and yeah, a lot of credit should go to the Bucks. Uh, they played really well, but Atlanta just, really underperformed basically all players um but you know i do feel like again they have been impressing both of us uh in this in these playoffs i thought they might have you know lost to the knicks in the first round but then beating the sixers um and now you know taking a game on the bucks the series goes back to atlanta i feel like they can pull it out you know i i do trust trey young um i feel like you know in the past years we were talking a lot of trash about him but i feel like with uh the whole team uh that they have in atlanta they can balance out his flaws um and he is getting better um and just what he does on offense is just unmatchable he is amazing at the game super entertaining to watch in atlanta is playing really well uh, but you know the bucks are just a really hard team to guard especially with their players there was a point where atlanta just had no center uh when brick lopez and Giannis were on the court and they had Gallinari guarding Giannis. i mean but again 
Uh, I feel like, you know, the Bucks do match up better with Atlanta than the other way around, but yeah, I do feel like they can pull it out. I feel like the series might go to seven. Um, and then, you know, in Milwaukee, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be hard. Um, but if Atlanta can take it in six, that'll be super impressive. Um, and just what they've done, um, you know, in these whole playoffs is again, super surprising. And even if they lose, all games by 40 uh, here in the conference finals still a huge massive W because you know they weren't really a team that we were thinking uh, was going to get there and they did um, and beating out you know good teams so I am impressed by them and I am going to bet on them to win again I do really like this team super entertaining to watch and Trey Young is proving us all wrong so yeah I'll say Atlanta in seven but I feel like it might be close, or it's going to be close. Yeah, um, I've been extremely impressed with Trey Young as well. I mean, um, and I really think, you know, he's always been this talented, and we've always known that, um, but the way he's played is what's differently, or what is different. Um, he was not involving his teammates at all. He wasn't, like, getting them engaged, and it was part of the reason that he was, you know, on putting up great stats on a bad team. Um, and I think something flipped. It was with Nate McMillan, or maybe it was just him maturing um, more, or maybe it was you know them putting a lot more talent around him. I really like the players he has around him, um, and they don't even have DeAndre Hunter right now. Um, so I think he's really elevated um, his teammates uh, as well as scoring for himself with you know his floater game and his uh, shooting that has been great. Um, and just overall in the Hawks roster, I think they're deep. Um, I think, you know, you can see a guy like Herter um, have a really impressive Game 7 against Philly. Uh, you can see, you know, Capella have really nice moments, like in that Game 1 against Milwaukee. Uh, Bogdanovich, he looks a little bit banged up right now, um, but he can still contribute a lot. Uh, they don't even have Hunter. So I think, and John Collins was really, really impressive this entire playoff run, especially in Game 1 against Milwaukee. Um, I think no matter what happens, and I think they're going to lose the series, but no matter what happens, um, this team has a really bright future. None of these guys are going to get worse other than probably Gallinari. Um, they're all like, you know, either in the prime or not even in the prime of their careers for most of them. Um, and I'd be really excited if I was an Atlanta fan. And I do think, like, I, this, it sounds like I'm writing them off and I'm not. And I think they have a chance in this series. And, you know, um, I think a lot of these games are going to be really close, and I do trust Atlanta's offense late in games more than Milwaukee's mess that they have right now. Um, and honestly, yeah, I I think the Bucks just with their defensive ability as a team to lock in. Um, Giannis looks a lot more comfortable right now than he did say, you know, last year in the playoffs or even early in that net series. Um, I think he started to figure some things out. Um, I like the way Middleton and Holiday are playing, even when they're not shooting great from the field, because they, they've they been very inconsistent throughout this run. Um, I think you know they're getting decent shots, and a couple of them are going to fall. They just need some of these role guys to step up, and they can win the championship. So it's just it's going to be hard to see who those guys are. I think Brooks, Brooke Lopez has been impressive throughout this run, um, but... They haven't really had other guys step up. You know, they 
they really only have a couple good players. P.J. Tucker had like one good game, and everybody else has just been just buying time with their minutes just for Giannis and uh, Middleton and Holiday. Others got other these other guys to get rest. Um, so it'll be interesting. Atlanta's deeper, so I think that does kind of favor them later in the series. Um, but I think Milwaukee's top talent uh, gets it done. Um, let's go quickly. You, who do you think you think you? So you think the Suns will ultimately win the finals? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to actually put money on it, I would go Suns against Bucks. But for my pick, um, Suns against Hawks, and then the Suns win in like six, probably. So yeah, that's my championship winner. Yeah, um, I'm really torn because I think it's I'm pretty sure it's gonna be uh, Suns Bucks. I feel pretty good about that, but I have no idea who'd win that series because I feel like Milwaukee's probably the better team, but they've they are not right offensively and they haven't been this entire playoff run. Um, and you know you you hope that they can get in sync, Holiday and Middleton start hitting more of their shots, um, but that hasn't happened so far in this basically this entire playoff run uh so and phoenix looks to be hitting on all cylinders you know uh but at at the end of the day they're struggling to be a clippers team without Kawhi, which is still a good team because their role guys have been honestly really impressive for the clippers um but it's it's just really tough to see you know because usually you have a baseline of like you know your x team beat the lakers and we know how good the lakers are but Phoenix beat the Lakers, but that was without Anthony Davis. So, like, we're, we don't really have a baseline for how good these teams are right now. Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Milwaukee um, to win the finals. I think uh, they have enough, like, adjustments in their bag, um, hopefully. And they have—I think they figured some stuff out against Milwaukee—or against Atlanta in Game 2, I mean. Um, and I think that'll help them throughout the rest of the postseason— and they are my new finals pick. But I could really see, honestly, um, that series would be really good between the Suns and Bucks. Yeah, and I feel like we all kind of messed up with our picks this year. I mean, who could have predicted, you know, Kevin Durant's shoe size to, you know, be the end of the Nets, <laughs> right? Or Trey Young just destroying the Sixers. Um, that was my pick for the finals, you know the Sixers winning. Um, but I feel like this these playoffs have definitely uh, been really interesting because you basically only have one big market team, and that's the Clippers. Um, yeah, but, you they're, know, without, Utah, they're without their top five player in the entire NBA right now. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, other teams getting far. Uh, I feel like it's good to see. Um, it's, it's definitely going to bring some attention to the smaller teams, uh, which, you know, weren't getting televised as much, talked about as much. Um, but yeah, I feel like these playoffs have definitely been, I mean, they've been weird. They've been surprising, uh, but yeah, good so to watch. What do you think about it, like, in general? Because you, you, di- you did just hit on that. There's less stars, like, well-known stars. Um, there's smaller market teams. Yeah. But, like, it's giving an opportunity for a lot of unpredictability. And uh, some of these younger stars... Um, to get more shine and establish themselves throughout the national, you know, stage. So what do you think? Yeah. Do you like it? Because I kind of like it because it's I do. a lot different than, you know, what we've had with the Warriors, what we were predicting. Yeah, and, uh, and also most because— Most people were assuming with the Nets. 
Yeah, and also because a lot of teams will change how they actually want to build their team because, you know, the trend is absolutely in the playoffs, uh, you know, depth uh, in the bench instead of trading your whole team for stars uh, because, you know, if one of them goes out or two in the Nets case, then you're basically screwed. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like it. Um, and also a lot of these, um, I think none of these teams um, have won, uh, you know, a finals in a lot of years yeah, it's been a while uh, so yeah it's definitely good to see i mean this is the first time the clippers have been in the conference finals so that's cool uh phoenix you know have been terrible for a good while so has atlanta and i mean i feel like any of these teams um winning will definitely change uh everybody's perspective on the league and how they actually want to you know approach uh building their, t- their teams i'm not saying that the nets trading for harden and kyrie and signing kyrie uh, was a bad move um but you know uh, they didn't really have any depth after that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the teams that are in uh, the conference finals or one series um they did so i feel like that's a trend and that's where you know teams are going to start to have to look at instead of just star power star power star power yeah and i also think it's good um for you know some of these teams and just for the entire league in general uh that they know um, it's still com- absolutely possible to win a championship like like without you know just going out and trading and signing for a bunch of stars. You can draft guys, you can develop guys. Like the Suns drafted Aiton, drafted Booker, drafted Bridges, like they d- drafted Cam Johnson. They developed a lot of these guys and then made a move for Chris Paul. But it's not like the Nets who they didn't I mean what did the Nets do? They I guess developed Dinwiddie. They developed all these guys, Jared Allen, Karis Levert, that aren't even on their team anymore. Um, and, you know, it's just a different approach to team building. And I, I just like, you know, Milwaukee finding Chris Middleton from the G League and really turning him into a star player. Um, obviously, they drafted Giannis, and then they make a move for Drew Holiday. So it's, the, it's this homegrown uh, developmental style of team building, but then you go out and make a move for a star player um, to push you over the edge to title contention. Um, I really like that for the NBA. I think, you know, the whole super team type of deal, like, was getting a little bit out of hand for just the amount of great teams in the league, and I think it's better if the league has a bunch of good teams and that championships, uh, you know, like, is champ- search for the championship is wide open. Yeah, and, you know, in the Suns case, uh do they actually have a huge star, I guess? Chris Paul is a huge star, but he's 36, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different approach. And if they can win this championship, I mean, that's just proving it, that it can actually work. Um, but yeah, um, I still feel like there are going to be super teams around, especially because... There, de- there definitely will be. Yeah. Um, but I feel like teams should be concentrating, like instead of getting two super, superstars getting one and then maybe like five role players that they would have traded for that superstar. So yeah, I feel like it's definitely going to be interesting um, in the next years. Um, But yeah, I feel like this is definitely a good thing. And a lot of teams that like Memphis, I think it was the least uh, nationally televised uh, team in the whole league. Um, And they got in the playoffs, right? So that's definitely good to see. And a lot of other teams are really going to get that attention now. Um, but yeah, so I feel like these playoffs overall for the league uh, was definitely positive, for sure. 
yeah, so the NBA draft lottery happened. Um, quickly, before, yeah, we baby. Get, before we get to our two teams, um, the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets were the top two picks in the NBA draft. Um, I'm not sure if you know who like is up there or know. like I mean, I know, I know some. you do. I know some. I don't know yeah. if you've done like a deep dive. I've started to get into it, um, but who do you think uh, th- those guys will take, and how do you think it will affect their franchise? Because for the, I think it was a big, big move for the Pistons to win the lottery. Yeah. Um. So for the top three teams, uh, it's just been mediocrity for the past few years. Yeah, the Rockets, you know, got far, but that's just a whole different team. Um. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I have been starting to look at some prospects, especially you know for the Cavs. Um, and you know, you have Kate Cunningham, uh, which I, uh, he's probably going to go first. Um, Jalen green, uh, for me, uh, if he's not taken for the Cavs, I want Evan Mobley, um, because I feel like that's what we need. Um, and then, you know, maybe start to explore Jared Allen trades because I don't know if they would exactly work well together. Um, but if we take another guard, I mean, Colin Sexton has been, you know, rumored to be traded. Um, but, I mean, I've seen on social media, like, some outrageous trade offers for him that I would never do. Like, Kyle Kuzma and a protected first and, like, some <laughs> other role players. Come on. Like, yeah, we have Darius Garland, but he's still valuable, you know? Um, but, you know, if we take, an, like, Jalen Green or something, I, I just feel like the Cavs have too many guards right now. Uh, the Pistons just don't take Darko again. Or darker 2.0 um but uh, yeah i feel like their team really doesn't have any protected positions i guess to start rebuilding again um and go from there the rockets also i mean most of their players are starting to get old um so just take the best player available um but for the Cavs, as we have a lot of prospects that are going to develop i feel like we have to start looking at what we actually need instead of just taking the best player yeah, I think, and we can get into the Cavs here. Um, it, it's a bigger picture thing where I think they should trade Colin Sexton. Um, and it's not really against Sexton. I think he's had a lot of moments where um, he's shown, you know, he's shown flashes. Um, and he's a great scorer already. And he's been improving throughout his career. But I just think what we've seen with Damon CJ over the past couple years, it's so hard to build a championship caliber team around two guards that are that small um and you know even if garland and sexton end up being great players like look at Dam- like damian lord's a superstar and mccollum's like a borderline star and that team has gotten out of the first round once in the past five years so um i think it's a good move to trade one of the two and go with a jalen green um who is you know a longer term prospect but he's six foot four um, he's a freak athlete, uh, and he's or I don't know if he's six four. He might be even taller. Um, and I really think that's that would be the move for them, unless Evan Mobley's available. Then you take him, um, because that's kind of what more, more then then you don't even have to consider trading Sexton or Garland right now. You can wait or you can ride it out with those two. So, um, what do you think they should do? Or what do you hope they should do? Yeah. So I mean, like you said, Con Sexton is a Great player. I like him. Um, but I just don't want us turning into the Blazers, like you said. And it's not, not just because of 
you know the and actual the, and players. the odds of the odds of sexton garland combo being as good as damon cj are yeah really low those yeah, are two yeah. really good perimeter and, players yeah and i mean i just feel like the the blazers have just been scared to trade one of them and i don't want that like do what's best for the team um even if it means trading a great player right but i've seen some rumors about ben simmons um eh, i don't really want him yeah uh, y'all can keep him but i guess uh but yeah the dream is evan mobley um and then you know maybe package con sexton and jared allen I, I just want to trade sexton i feel like we can actually get some value with him um because right now it's just not gonna work yeah we have sex land which is fun but no no and they're not going to develop well together because none of them can really play defense um mm -hmm. and they both need the ball so just trade them if you can find an actual good offer that doesn't involve kyle kuzma in any way whatsoever but yeah i, I feel like we should trade them uh, or at least explore it right and then yeah if if we have to take Jalen Green, especially uh, trade him. Um, but if we take a big, then I still do it. I still do it. Um, it but then I, I don't think we need any more guards at all. Like yeah. we're good. Um, but if we can package him and another world player, um, even if it is a prospect that we have a lot, um, I feel like we can, we can actually get some really good value for both of those. Uh, especially looking at teams who don't really have, uh, you know, either a really young prospect that can develop or a point guard. Uh, because I, I think Kyle Sexton is at a, you know, good caliber player, which, like, he's at a point that he can contribute to a team, um, but he's still going to continue to develop. Um, so I feel like there are a lot of teams that are in need of a player like him. Uh, so we should definitely explore it um, and see what we get, right? But yeah. I feel like, you know, the first time we actually didn't get screwed over by the lottery. Uh, and, you know, this draft class, just, nah, draft class is 20 times better than last year's. And I don't even know that much about it. So, yeah, the future is looking good, I hope. Yeah. Don't take um, Anthony Bennett again, please. <laughs> please. Um, we, uh, we'll go over two more lottery subplots. Um, one of them is the Golden State Warriors getting Minnesota's pick at number seven. Um, me, personally, I'm really hoping uh, that Davion Mitchell, the guard from Baylor, is there. Um, you know, the Warriors don't need a guard, um, but what we need is, you know, we I, I think we still need some defense, <clears throat> especially perimeter defense. Um, I think we need some three-point shooting, for sure. Davion can give you that. And I think he is, even at six feet tall, He's only six feet tall. Um, he plays bigger than that. He is an, the best perimeter defender in the draft. He can shoot. He can create. He can pass. He is really about as do-it-all as you can get for a six-foot point guard. Um, and I think he would look great coming off our bench. And especially with um, the Warriors coming out and saying, Clay will likely miss the first one and a half to two months of the season um, with the Achilles injury. Uh, I think it's it's better to have another guy there, another scorer for Curry, because um, we definitely struggled with that off the bench. And, you know, it, it came at the end with Jordan Poole, but um, I think those two off the bench would be a great combo. Um, and I just don't know, even though guard is, is actually probably our biggest strength right now, 
Um, we don't really have a forward or big option that could maybe come in and be you know what ex- exactly what we need, which is shooting right now from our role players um, immediately. So uh, what do you think about just kind of the Warriors' outlook for next season with Clay not being back for the first month or so? Yeah, I mean, so for the Warriors, uh, it definitely hurts not to have Clay. But, you know, uh, were they really going to make a push for it this season? Uh, are they actually ready? Uh, I am excited to see, you know, what it's going to be like to have just the big three again, uh, I guess. But, you know, I don't think the Warriors, like, need uh, a player right now uh, at any position, uh, especially because, you know, this is a draft pick. Uh, whatever player they take isn't going to come in and actually, you know, change a lot in how but I think I think Mitchell could do that. I really think he's one of the most pro-ready guys that you're not going to get in the top five, um, like yeah. that in the in any draft in in recent history. Like I, yeah, that's why yeah, I want yeah. us to draft him. Like, mm-hmm. or we could try and trade the pick, but I don't know if there's any guy available that would really push us over the edge, unless like I, yeah, I if you can trade that. up, I mean maybe uh, the Warriors have. A lot of picks, right? So I feel like they might explore it, but I feel like they should take a player right now, especially that can be mentored by all the veterans they have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I still need to you know research more um, about some other players as you know we get closer to the draft. Uh, but yeah, the Warriors are definitely in an interesting position. Um, but you know, I don't know exactly how much time Clay is gonna miss. Um, but it's definitely going to, you know, have a big effect on the team. Um, but, you know, Curry's Curry, uh, and I feel like he can do something in, the, in that time, right? Yeah, um, and I, there, the one more draft lottery um, subplot that I want to go over is the Chicago Bulls losing their pick to the Orlando Magic. This is not really about the Magic because we know what they're doing. They're going to take a player. They're going to hope he develops they're gonna suck next year and they're gonna you know start their rebuild which i think is going pretty well i think they have a couple pieces and they have two top eight draft picks and a really good draft um but what do you think the chicago bulls should do because they traded their pick um they have kobe white they have Markinen, they have pat williams who i like they have obviously levine and vucevic are your two marquee guys and yet they could not make the plan um, in the in a week and they're not really weak but thin Eastern Conference they should have made the playoffs or the play in at least um, so what do you think about their outlook from a team building standpoint do you think they should like try and push this Levine Vucevic combo or try and move off of one of them or go into a full rebuild and just scratch the entire thing yeah so for the Bulls I mean I feel like they're reaching a point where you know they're developed players are actually you know probably developed already and are not going to really develop that much anymore so i feel like they might be nearing that pistons you know position of mediocrity where you're you're not in the playoffs but you're also not getting a really high draft pick um so i mean i don't know exactly what they're going to do um i don't know if i really trust uh the combo that they have right now uh, with Levine and Vucevic, I feel like they should probably give it another year because they were really close. Um, and I feel like maybe next year, 
But again, the teams that made the play-in are just going to get better, right? So, I mean, the Bulls are really in a bad position right now. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, the Cavs are worse, but at least we get a pick, right? And, you know, that 11th spot, I feel like that's always a terrible spot to be in uh, in any conference because, you know, especially this year where you had a play-in, you could have gotten in, um, but then you didn't, and then you also lost your draft pick, right? And that just really sucks. That really sucks. But, you know, for the Bulls... That's hard. Like, uh, if I'm a Bulls fan right now, I am uh, probably begging for just a complete rebuild because Vucevic is not getting any younger. Um, neither is Levine. I feel like Levine maybe has reached uh, his peak. Um, so maybe try to rebuild. I, I feel like if they trade these two uh, to a big team um, that can actually use them, then they could get some pretty good value. Um, but yeah, they've been in an actual rebuild for how many years? And it's just not working. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, they have already tried to rebuild, and it didn't I like, work. I like Levine. I would try and explore Vucevic trades if you can, because yeah. I just don't think that's a great fit with those two. Um, but if nothing's available, I think it's okay. I think Kobe White and Markin—and is Markin a free agent this year? I forget. Uh, he might, he might be restricted. restricted. Yeah, yeah, probably restricted. So if you could sign and trade him or trade Kobe White and you could get something, if teams still believe in those, any of those two, then mm-hmm. you're at a point where you will make the playoffs if you improve this team. Um, then you can see what this combo is like in the playoffs. Because, you know, we've been really surprised by these guys. Um, I think, you know, Tatum's been incredible in the playoffs. Booker, Trey, like... If Levine is, you know, shocks us and is great in the playoffs, um, John Morant's another guy too. So if Levine, you know, in his first playoff appearance is really good, then um, you might want to think about, you know, pursuing a, you know, trading a bunch of draft picks for another guy or, you know, going in on, you know, being a good team. Uh, yeah. But, or you just blow the entire thing up. They're in a really tough spot yeah. right now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard, but I mean, I, I definitely start exploring uh, trades for basically the whole roster and see what you get, um, but not exactly blow everything up right now. Um, if you don't get anything, you know, give it another year and see what happens, um, but definitely start looking or else you're going to be in that position where, you know, your players are developed, you don't really have any prospects, you're not getting a good draft pick, you're not getting into the playoffs, and then you turn into the Detroit Pistons. But, yeah, just touching on the Magic, I saw a couple of trades. I think I uh, sent it to you um, for, like, them trading up and trading those two picks. I mean, I feel like there, there might be some teams uh, that want to do that, but they have five. Like, they have four teams above them. I saw the Cavs being thrown in there. If I'm, you know, the GM of the Cavs, um, I wouldn't do that because we actually need a player. Um, but, you know, explore it. Right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's get into a couple trade targets because, you know, whenever, you know, teams disappoint or teams go out early, uh, they're always going to try and change up the team next year. Um, the most obvious candidate whose value has absolutely tanked is Ben Simmons. Um, I think most people think it's a lock he gets traded. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
a lock? Maybe not, but they're definitely looking. I mean, not they're not going to start looking. They have been looking for, I'd say, since he got eliminated and even before that. But uh, who would take him? Like, he has a huge contract, right? And it's just not working. Like, you need a really specific type of team to actually, you know, fit with him. So, I mean, I could see him going to, like, the Heat, not because of the fit, but just because of the type of team that the Heat are. But, yeah, I just don't think there are a lot of teams that would take him right now. Like, if you look at the top teams or even the bottom teams, all of them have a good point guard. And, I mean, I saw the Cavs being thrown in there. Um, and, you know, if he was, like, he wouldn't be a guard anymore. I feel like if he gets traded uh, to most teams, he's going to play as a forward. Um, and that's where he probably fits, right? Because you just yeah. need him to score uh, or else he's done. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, he does have a big impact on offense. But to be that lead guard, and you know, especially with the Sixers, where you have most of the team being pretty unreliable, um, and he basically never steps up. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely looking. They should be looking. Um, but, you know, finding a team might be kind of hard. Like, maybe the Wizards, but they have Russ. Again, he can play basically any position, so uh, that probably makes it better to trade him. Um but yeah, I don't think there are a lot of teams that actually want him at all. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And I think, I don't think it's a lock he gets traded at all. I think um, Daryl Morey, he's a really smart guy with value. And this guy was a, the centerpiece of a James Harden trade a couple months ago. And now, obviously, after the disappointing exit, are you really going to dump him off for, what, 20% or 30% of that value? Um and I think there's a chance he just tells him, like, you got to work on skill development, um, and then we're going to see how it goes. But I think they're going to try and trade him, absolutely. But if there's not, like, a good package available, then they're going to end up keeping him and just trying to run it back and maybe doing something at the trade deadline if yeah. things aren't changed. And, and, you know, maybe they keep him and try to build a team around him instead of just trading him right but they definitely need to start looking because this system is not you know not working and like you said daryl morey is a genius so he can definitely work um work something up um but yeah the sixers yeah are, if you know, i were if i were a smaller or if i were a bad team um like orlando for example i might consider doing a Ben Simmons trade, yeah. if you can get him, if you if you don't have to give up any valuable pieces for him, um, and if you could just get him for, like, a couple of your veterans. Yeah, I mean, they have two picks. So. Yeah. You could trade one of them and maybe a veteran for, to, and maybe make the contracts work for Ben Simmons, and just try and experiment, because this guy's really talented. And it's yeah. obviously a mental issue. If you could just say, like, take all the shots you want, we're going to suck, like, we're gonna run the try and run the offense through you, and um, that's why I, you know, I thought Houston should have done that trade for him and maybe experimented mm -hmm. experimented with that. But obviously his value's yeah, gone I way feel down like since I, then. I feel like Ben Simmons can lead a bad team, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like he mm -hmm. can. He's a good leader. And then, yeah, it, eventually, when you know he gets more comfortable being a number one option, like yeah, they could get better. 
You start adding pieces around him. Like, yeah. I think it's worth a shot. It, but if you're going to give up significant draft like draft capital or assets, it's not worth it because it's no. it's a low percentage chance he he just finds uh you know something and is all of a sudden a superstar. Uh, yeah, because with Ben Simmons, you need to go all in on him or not at all. Cause, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he needs a specific system to work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like some teams might do it. but And also, I feel like Philly still look looks at him well, as, you know, really valuable. Like, I don't think, yeah. you know, a lot of teams could actually trade for him without giving up, you know, some important stuff for that team. So, yeah, it's a tough spot. And, like, the Sixers aren't bad, right? They were the first seed, um, but they definitely disappointed. If they can get, like, another good scoring, good shooting star, or not a star, but a good role player, um, then, you know, try and run it back and see, you know, if it's actually working, um, then maybe they can keep him. But I'm definitely start looking right now uh, before it's too late, and his contract is just massive. Yeah, um, another guy who I think should be thrown in trade talks is CJ McCollum. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Do you think they should uh, pursue trading him? Um, and what do you think you know the Portland Trailblazers should do as a franchise? Because they have been a first-round exit team for a while. Yeah, um, so I've seen a lot of stuff that Dame wants out. And if he actually does... Then yeah, explore it because have the Sixers would love to have Dame, um, but you know trade one of them for sure, please. It's not working, and you know as a Cavs fan, seeing this really just like you know it's not gonna work with you know Secland, um. So yeah, explore it, um, and not just explore it, really try to do it because. Yeah, I don't think they have a lot of you know ver- valuable assets right now, um, outside of those two. So, and I feel like there is a, a type of team that you know would really want CJ McCollum, um, or Dame if he actually wants out. Um, I don't think Dame's gonna go to a big, like star team because a lot of those teams, um, traded everything they had, um, so. Yeah, the Blazers are also in that, you know, mediocrity thing where you're just not good, but you're also not bad enough. So, yeah, it's hard, but try to trade at least yeah. one of them. I think you have to try and t- – I, I would not trade Dame at all. And I Unless think- he wants out. Unless he wants out. Even if even then, I don't know. Because it's like you've I mean, seen – if Like – if he wants out, wants out, then you have to. But yeah. I think Dame's loyal enough to where he's he could like say I think he's gonna say to Portland, like, this is your one year. Like we have if we don't yeah. make a deep run, yeah. um, and if they don't change anything at all, then he's actually gonna be pissed. Like if they just yeah, you wanna stay here? Yeah, change. this is your team. And the, then yeah, if they then, convince him like the coaching change is gonna be what puts them over the top, like that's not true. Um, no. We know that's not true. So they have to do something. Um, and it's probably going to have to be around CJ McCollum and just making a massive upgrade, getting defense and um, just getting a guy that can fit with Dame offensively as well. So I don't mm-hmm. know who that guy is. It's it's going to be tough to find, but they have to try something. Um, otherwise, Dame is just going to feel frustrated and want out. 
and there's yeah. it's just going to be the inevitability at that point mm-hmm. um are there any other trade guys um trade targets uh, you want to go over i mean not really i feel like those are the big ones and yeah but you know i feel like this offseason might be interesting you have a lot of good free agents too um a lot of restricted ones but you know i saw like the celtics might go after lonzo um and he is restricted but if they throw a bag at him are the pelicans really gonna say no i'll match it i don't know i don't know but i feel yeah. Like, yeah it's gonna be interesting this offseason for sure with the draft and everything um because a lot of teams did disappoint, like for sure. Um, and I saw also Kyrie um, might oh, be traded. Yeah. That's a that big one. Yeah. And I mean, explore it, I guess. But unless they actually, I, I would not trade Kyrie for another star because then you already know that's just basically not going to work. Trade Kyrie for depth um, to a team that actually needs them, maybe the Sixers. Um, but, you know, yeah, this off season is going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Two Way Podcast. These series are getting really interesting, and honestly, no matter what finals outcome we have, I think it's going to be a really great series. And it's been honestly yeah. a really great playoffs in general. So for sure, um, I'm hoping it continues. Uh, we will see you later. <laughs>